coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the cream, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this suit is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Two weeks, one-eighth of the National Football League season now in the books. We're getting ready for week number three here on uh, on the Rich Eisen Podcast that is brought to you by the good people of Bud Light. As always, Mike Del Tufo, my sound man, is at the, uh, what do we call that, the board? We're at your board, your console. mic? Okay, the console. Console, console everybody. Uh, Chris Law. Chris Law, my guy, uh, my producer here uh, for the audio version. Good to see you, Chris Law. Good to see you, Rich. And to your right, we're going to add Brockman to the mix. Chris Brockman, the producer of the television version. Good to see you, sir. Glad to be here. Good to see you. Guys. What do you think of your Patriots, bro? I mean, they look pretty good, right? Brady's going to throw for 7,000 yards it's, and 800 touchdowns. Isn't that ridiculous? By the way, Jeez. I know the 800 touchdowns is sort of a joke there, right. but the 7,000 yards, he's on pace he's to on blow pace past that. Right That's now. serious. I kind of feel like an idiot now for not drafting him in my fantasy league. I, I took MJD at the, with the fifth oh, pick. Oh, boy. Kind of eating some crow there right well, now. Well, right now, Brady is the is the number one fantasy quarterback, right. hands right. down. Hands I think down. a lot of people thought last year that he wouldn't be able to duplicate that. Aaron Rodgers was always the first one off the board. Um, and now Brady, I mean, he's it's well, ridiculous. It's weird because well, Brady doesn't have like a true number one receiver. Right. They just have 10 different guys. Well, that's yeah, just the way it's been there. That's, that's just the way it's been there. Aaron Rodgers is going to join this podcast, everyone. Hey, Aaron Rodgers getting ready for the latest chapter of the Packers-Bears rivalry. First time they've seen each other since the last time they were in Soldier Field was, was the last time they saw each other. Is it not fair what he does with the ball? He he places it well, and this is what I want to ask him. He's the king of the back shoulder throw. I mean, he's the king of it. That's all. That's it's and and they're all expecting it. They're all ready for it. And um, I just would love to know what he's thinking when he breaks huddle. Um, Jim Mora told me I saw him in the the hallway. He said that uh, Rogers is one of the smartest guys he's ever met. And quarterbacks like him are 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 a rarity because he's on the same page with his head coach, like Breeze is with Sean Payton and Brady is with you know I guess Bill O'Brien and Belichick in New England. Yep. That when a play comes in, he knows why it's being called. He knows why, and what the coach is trying to do with this play call and that situation, and that's a rarity in the NFL. And I want to ask Rogers all about that. That'll be good. It's really too bad they didn't have off-season workouts. <laughs> he was really tweaking the media about oh, he that. Gave it to him. You know, I, I've yeah. thought about my approach to to Rogers in this. I think I'm just going to go through the front door with him. And by that, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to try any of the the interviewing tricks of the trade because <laughs> he'll see through it. None of the Namdi stuff, right? I tried that. Namdi saw through it too. So I, then I had to go straight through the front door by 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 dream teaming him, right? I'm just going to go through the front door when I want out of Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to tell him. He's going to join the podcast. Charles Barkley's on the show. 
He was great last year. Brockman, you weren't part of the team yet. But um, I had him on. He was on after the regular season before the wild card week. And we sort of went through it like brackets. Yep. And he filled in his brackets. He had uh, Patriots-Bears. He was off on that. But he had Bears-Packers, which had never happened before in a championship game. He had that. He nailed that. He had the Colts beating the Jets, which was off. And he had, uh, you know, the Patriots beating whoever they were facing in the uh, in the second round, and clearly the Jets got through. So yeah, he also actually kind of preluded the the Seahawks might beat the Saints in that in that game. He did. Yep. He, he, he took he took the the Saints, but he said yeah, he I'm held nervous. his breath. I know, yeah. Yeah. I know. So he knows his football, man. He, he really does. And he's got a time on his hands. We know all about that labor situation <laughs> issues. Never want to go through that. And he knows his football. And Cam Newton. He knows Cam, obviously. He's an Auburn guy. He was, he's uh, talked to Cam when Cam was going through his Michigas, as my parents would call it, in, uh, or the Worm would call it as well, uh, in, on Auburn. Uh, Vic, what happened with Vic this week? Unbelievable. Of all the places he gets hurt, he gets hurt in the pocket. They're like, don't leave the pocket. You can get hurt. It's safer in the pocket. Anyway, <laughs> and at Atlanta. At Atlanta. When you think of Charles, do you think of him as a sixer or as a son? Oh, dude, a sixer. Absolutely. Right? Just wanted to be sure. Oh, I know I'm talking to a Pennsylvania guy, yeah, but well, oh, he's a sixer. You know, just wondering what the no. overall perception is. Well, it was. depends how old you are, I think. He went to the finals with the Suns. And who better to ask who better to ask than him about the speaking of Philadelphia, the dream team comparisons. <laughs> the main man was on the dream team, right? It's good. Yeah. It's true. Charles is gonna be joining us. And then lastly, Josh Charles. Josh Charles, one of the biggest Ravens fans that I know, he gets really upset when you mention like Mayflower Vans and Indianapolis. Ursay is like a four-letter word to him. I mean, he's really that serious. Uh, he's a, a Emmy-nominated actor on The Good Wife. He was here in Los Angeles this week for the Emmys. Um, he didn't win. Um, neither did The Good Wife, which was also nominated. But it's a great program on CBS Sunday nights at 9 this fall. And uh, I want to talk Ravens with him. What a shocker that was. I think that was sort of one of the surprises of the week that this had Tennessee Titans beat them so handily, beat the Ravens so handily. Hasselbeck thrown for over 350 on the Ravens. And uh, I guess the podcast Midas Touch went out the window. Yeah. That... Although, although T. Sizzle, uh, who was on last week, did come up with a pick in the first quarter. So I, of course, took immediately to Twitter talking about how great the podcast is. And then stats for Sizzle. Hey, I rub I rub the Sizzle's the head, got, right? Sizzle's Isn't that what he wanted? Out. Right. <laughs> so Josh is also the voice of a football life. The Bill the Belichick documentary that is gonna conclude Thursday night, ten o'clock Eastern time on NFL Network. It's gonna be repeated ad nauseum throughout the weekend too. So check your listings on your D V R for that. Josh is the is the voiceover guy. He's sort of our Liev Schreiber. Of a, of a football life, little HBO. Which, by the way, when the Belichick thing wraps up Thursday, it doesn't wrap up the series. It keeps no. going. Jerome Brown and um, Reggie White. Reggie White coming up. Wow. There's just some other ones. I think OJ's on that list too. Wow. I think. At any rate, uh, Josh Charles, and then we're going to talk more football with Mike Silver of Yahoo. And Kara Henderson rejoins the two of them together. Whenever the two of them get together, it's it's fun. Kara is one of the. But Kara is, by the way, one of the most popular people. Oh, and in, 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 everybody does in this industry. Anybody who comes across her, and she's of course a, a podcast favorite. 
favorite of mine too. And um, you know, uh, Silver in his column this week, you know, his his column is just as good as Peter King's because it's also un, it's unvarnished. The yeah. stuff if, if Silver's unvarnished. I mean, there's no filter on him. And um, as I hope we will hear later. And uh, he said that what uh, Lock and Four said on Sunday morning, NFL game day morning, uh, Jason Lock and Four was reporting in our first hour that the hot seat is already uh, on, uh, can be measured in Kelvin in, Ka- in Kansas City. Wow. Yeah. Todd Haley. With Todd Haley off that 41 to 7 season opening loss to the Buffalo Bills. And then they lost even worse fashion in Detroit. They lost by 34 at home, week one, 35 on the road. Lost Eric Berry, week one, Jamal Charles, week two. Can you get fired one year after winning the division? Sure can. Sure can. Well, they also lost no Moyaki for the year. That's true. And, yeah. so, got and they're in San Diego this week. So they have their hands full. Um, silver reporting that, that you are? You going to San Diego? I'm going to make a trip after game day morning to watch that game. Are you really? Yeah. You're not tired? I'm so exhausted. I couldn't no, imagine no, no, going no. down the 405 and sitting I, in a stadium. Jet, I couldn't I imagine. Jet. What jet? <laughs> it's a, the pocket rocket that's, no, that's parked no, out in the parking lot? I have someone drive me, and I sleep the whole way down. I got to go. Someone? Who's, who's that someone? The same person that gets some screeners where he watches Oscar movies at his house. Is that the same person? Drives no. him down. Who's driving you to San Diego? I actually, I have a friend. I have a friend, my Steve. This guy, Steve, will drive me down there. He this there. guy, Steve. Wow. Yes. Is that like Stan the Caddy? So this guy Steve, he'll drive let me. Down. Let's, let's, I want, I want, well, here's so the thing: I give him. I have you, season you, tickets are you for the shotgun, charges? or do you go in the back and you no, sleep? I'm like the, it's like five other people. But seriously, what? they all no, but, What time do you get here for game day? It's, it's a big. What gigantic, time do you get here for game day morning? Two, uh, two, two a.m. Two thirty. How do you do that? I we're out of here at ten. Five hour. You energy. will have to hustle. Yeah, to no, get we, to the game. It's yeah, I get kickoff is one. Uh, is it a? Oh, I mean, it's it's a one oh five. The NFL where it gets you right in the gate though. I know a gate. One of the guys at the gate. Pop don't, right get, don't get him in trouble. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> at any rate, Silver yeah. says that um, Josh McDaniels may be in line there. Ooh, he's a big Josh McDaniels fan too, right? Well, I don't know if he is or not. That was your tongue was firmly planted in cheek. Um, so it's a good show. It's a good show. Lots of fun stuff here. And let's get things started with Sir Charles. Thrilled now to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light, one of the greatest NBA players of all time and one of the best television analysts in this industry, regardless of sport. He's uh, none other than Sir Charles himself, Charles Barkley. How are you, Charles? Man, I'm doing well. You know, it's unfortunate with all the lockout stuff going on, but at least I got football to keep me busy. <laughs> Thankfully, you do have football to keep you busy because we, as you know, had our own uh, issue with a lockout. Uh, I guess before we start uh, talking football, uh, what do you think about this NBA lockout? Well, I, I felt like it, would go, it was going to get bad. Uh, you know, we got some issues with an NBA with salaries and and all of a sudden, now all our stars all want to play in major, major markets, and they all want to play together. And that's not going to be a big, good business model for the entire NBA. And I think it's going to be a long, protracted uh, lockout. I feel bad for the people who work for the teams, and I feel bad for people who you know work in the arena and things like that. I don't feel bad for the players and owners, but there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage. I feel bad for. So you think a lot of this, um, or at least the positions, are hardened because of what we saw out of the Miami Heat uh, this past well, I year? I think that that's going to 
clearly got something to do with it. If we can't keep stars in smaller markets, it's not going to work for the big overall picture of the NBA. We need stars in smaller markets. Uh, Having all the stars in the big cities is not – First of all, I wouldn't want to own a team if most stars want to play in my city. But just as a business model, if we don't have stars across the board, or we we can't be like baseball. I think that would be a better way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't have the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, excuse me, Kansas City Royals, you know, the Cleveland Indians who can't compete. You know, we that don't work in basketball. We need to have good teams in Sacramento, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Orlando, all the guys can't play in big markets. Right. And what what did you think when you heard people throwing out the word dream team in relation to the Philadelphia Eagles this year, Charles? You know what? I just started laughing. You know, there's no such thing as a dream team. Now, you got to go out and play. You know, you see, and, and, and no disrespect to the Miami Heat, they got a good team, but you just can't put a bunch of talent together and think they're going to win. You know, the other teams can play also. But, I mean, you were on the actual dream team, though. I mean, you were, you, <laughs> yeah, you know no, what I mean? That team was definitely, you could throw those guys together, they're definitely going to win. That's what I was going to say, but, I mean, if, uh, the dream team, you were actually on that, and now you're hearing that as a term, uh, forget the heat for a second, you, you're throwing, people are throwing that around. Vince Young used that to describe the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'd love to know from somebody who was actually on that dream team what you what you thought about hearing that comparison. Well, I always laugh. You know, it was an honor and a pleasure to play on the first and only dream team. I also played on the second dream team, too, and it wasn't near as good as the first dream team. So I wish they would retire that moniker, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, Vince Young certainly breathed life into it. And uh, and and all of us in the media, we're, we're sort of not letting go of that, certainly for, for some time. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have what it takes with Vic to win the Super Bowl? Well, they, they're definitely one of the elite teams. The key is going to be uh, Michael Vick's health. You know, the Eagles offensive line, you know, he got beat up pretty good in the preseason. He's already hurt now in the second game of the season. The key is going to be they got two issues. Can they protect their quarterback? And also, can they stop the run? You know, because they run, they got a little quick defense, do a lot of scheming and things like that. But the first couple of games, they, the teams have ran the ball against them pretty well. Uh, but they don't have a good team. They got a bunch of talent. But it's listen, I, the Green Bay Packers are the quietest Super Bowl champions <laughs> in the history of civilization. You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, people talk about when the Patriots went out and got Albert Hainsworth and Chad Ochocinco. Uh, you know, people talk about the Eagles. You know, and people talk about everybody, but nobody mentions the Green Bay Packers. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, and, and they they didn't they didn't really add anybody. I mean, they just well, they got all those injured right, players back. Right, that's about adding. That's the concept of adding. They got all the injured yeah, players. But back. It is amazing though. Nobody's picking. You know, I've heard everybody pick. And not many people. I heard San Diego Chargers. I've heard Pittsburgh Steelers. But you just haven't heard a lot about the Green Bay Packers. It's been pretty remarkable. And this week they take on the Chicago Bears, which I must remind all of our podcast listeners, uh, if they didn't hear it last year, you came on uh, when the playoffs were just starting. You predicted uh, as much as best you could what was going to happen. You predicted the Packers and the Bears in the NFC Championship game, which is the first time that had ever happened. 
And now here we are seeing it again. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think is going to go down between the Packers and the Bears this week. Well, I think the Packers are going to win. I think the Packers are, are, are tough, man. I like their mentality. Uh, you know, they they just quiet and unassuming. You know, I hate they lost the cornerback, uh, safety guy, uh, but that that's that's a tough blow. But getting all those players back gonna really help them for the simple fact those guys gonna be on a mission. Because when you get injured, you don't feel like you're part of the team. So a bunch of those guys, Ryan Grant and those guys, don't think uh, Jermichael Finley. They don't think they won the Super Bowl. So that's gonna keep them motivated. Uh, but I don't. I don't think the Bears can right now. They're gonna the the pack to me are the class. I, I want to see the pack when they play Detroit. To be honest with you, I think that's gonna be a better matchup. <laughs> you believe in the Lions? I do believe in the Lions. But let me tell you something, Herm Edwards, who I really like and respect. Mm-hmm. I was watching him on TV about a month ago, and he it's the preseason game when they almost killed Tom Brady. He says, "Folks, let me tell you something. When you play the Detroit Lions." You better run the football, because they're going to kill your quarterback if you drop back and think you're going to throw it all over the parking lot. Because that guy, uh, Sue, yeah. is ridiculous. You know, and obviously, they, I can't wait to see him get Farley back. But Dominican Sue, you know, when I, I'll pay to watch. There's some guys I want to see play, I'd pay to see. First come to mind is Ray Lewis. Second is Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed. But Adama Kansu uh, is in that category. Now, I'd pay to see him play. Wow, it's interesting you go defense. Uh, I, I think Vic would be at the top of that list of pr- people you'd, you'd go to see pl- uh, play. Yeah, but, you know, you know, Vic is great. But, you know, so is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. But there are very few guys on defense who just can totally dominate the game. Now, they're all good players, don't get me wrong. But there are certain guys on defense that flat out just dominate the game. You know, I got a bunch of my friends, uh, Roy Green. You know, he talks to me about football all the time, him and Seth Joyner and those guys. And they used to say the same thing about uh, Lawrence Taylor. Like, they just changed the game. And uh, Sue is one of those guys. You put He's Sue. You put Sue. I mean, you've mentioned Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, uh, Palomalu, and now Ed and uh, LT. You you'd throw Sue in that that class. No, he's not there yet. Right. He's on the right track. <laughs> he's on the same path. This guy is really an amazing guy. Uh, watching him play, he is so good, and I just love to watch him play. He's not in that category yet. Don't get me wrong, right. now, but he's on the right path. Hmm. What what do you think of Vic pointing to the scoreboard leaving the uh the game Sunday night in Atlanta? Well, you should wait to point to you the game is over. <laughs> you never you never point up when the game is not over cuz clearly you know I was, that was really I was really excited to watch that game cuz I knew all the stuff that was going into that game. Uh, and it was a great. I'm glad it lived up to the hype to be honest with you. You know a lot of times they build up games they don't live up to the hype. That game lived up to the hype, and it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It sure was. And then, obviously, things changed when Vic was, was out of the game. Uh, if, if Vic's not there and Young is hurt, uh, I would imagine that's a nightmare scenario for this Dream Team. I mean, that just totally changes the complexion. Now the Giants are coming in with a big chip on their shoulder after what happened last year, too. This is a tough assignment for Philadelphia. Well, 
you know, from everything I'm hearing, and, and I'm in Philly right now, it seems like Mike Vick is probably going to be able to go. They said he was uh, very aware of everything. He he passed all the tests Sunday night. He said, they, uh, so I, I really think he's going to be able to play. Uh, but that, that's going to be a monster game. Uh, first of all, it's the season opener for the Eagles, and they got the craziest fans in the world here in Philadelphia. You know, people love the Phillies. They like the Sixers. They love the, but the Flyers and the Eagles got the most passionate fans in Philadelphia. And for this being the season opener, and listen, that's going to help Mike Vitt want to play also yeah. in being the season opener. I mean, your home opener is always special. Right, right, but it may not even be up to him. I mean, the concussions. This is this is this is a changed business now. I mean, the, the well, fact you know, that they're the actually is, calling it that. The NFL should go back and apologize to all those other players who've been walking around ding for years and years and years. That's the first thing they should do. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm a these guys. You know, these they haven't done a good job of taking care of jocks in the past. The old guys. And now you factor in, because, you know, a lot of these guys got all these broken-down bodies. They've done a really poor job of setting them up for life. Now you factor in, listen, guy, you know, you go back. I've been a, I'm a football fan. I, it, it, football and boxing are by far away my two favorite sports. But I go back to back in the 70s and 80s when I was watching football. You would always hear about guys getting dinged. Right. You know, it's... You know, now with all these, uh, with Parkinson's and dementia and all this stuff that's out there now, they've got the word that this stuff won't become an epidemic. They don't protect the guys now because they pay them so much money. But what about all those other guys who played in the 70s and 80s who haven't gotten to the age where dementia and Alzheimer's are going to come into play? It's going to be... Very scary the next 20, 30 years in that situation. Yeah, and and hopefully, you know, part of all that craziness with the labor dispute, that some of this has been ironed out, that money is going to go to these guys and, and attention will be paid um, moving forward. Uh, Cam Newton, Charles, obviously you've been watching this kid. You know him. You've counseled him, I'm sure. Uh, now he's in the pros, and he has flat out lit it up in the first two games of his career. Does this performance surprise even you? Oh, that, listen, anybody tell you they're not surprised, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I watched his first two games because, you know, uh, the naysayers, they've been in full effect. And what he did in game one was amazing. And the thing I like about him in game two, even though he had the three interceptions, he kept battling. He first of all got off to an amazing start. I mean, he got off to an amazing start. But then he had some problems with the interception. But the thing I like about him, he just kept competing. And the one thing the Panthers just got to do is they just got to keep him positive. Because it's tough when you're losing, man. It's very difficult when you're losing. And he just got to stay positive. Because they don't have a very good team. Uh, So he's just got to stay positive and just keep getting better. And that's the thing he's got to learn. You can get better when you're losing. You know, and that's the thing he's going to have to do. But they're, they're not uh, really close to being a good team right now. Uh, but, listen, this is his first year. Well, they're certainly going to ride him. The coach afterwards uh, essentially said, we're married. As he goes, we go. 
So, um, and that, and that's interesting how we're just two games into his pro career and the coach is flat out saying that when uh, we were talking in the lockout, where they really start Cam from week one and will he be able to handle the responsibility? Uh, like I said, again, you know him from Auburn and you know him personally. Do you think he does have the, the stuff to be able to face this adversity and come through it with flying colors? Well, I think he does because I think he's a remarkable guy, to be honest with you. You know, I went through the whole Auburn stuff last year, all the distractions and all the stuff that was going on. You know how talk radio is. Yeah. You know how big SEC football is, especially being from Alabama. I mean, it was so so intense down there last year from halfway through the season, basically. And for for him to handle it, and play well is really quite remarkable. So I think, and listen, I got a lot of faith in him. First of all, clearly I'm biased because he's an Auburn guy, right. but I got a lot of faith in him. What about Romo? How big of a performance do you think it was this week for him after the week one, uh, way that week one ended for him? in New York and everybody wondering if, if he's really a, a leader, is he a winner? We discussed on our morning show and I feel game any more than flat out. We questioned whether he was a winner or not. How big was this? Now that you hear he played with a punctured lung for crying out loud, coming back and leading this team to a win on the road in overtime. You know, it was interesting watching that game. Uh, I was watching that game and I said, he's got to go back in a game. And I was sitting with a, a, a couple of my friends. They're like, what do you mean? I said, dude, they've already, on the anti-Tony Romo bandwagon, he, he first of all, he got the, the week before he can't fumble that ball and he can't throw that interception. I mean, that's just that's a he can't do that. He just can't do that. But so I was sitting there watching that game and I was telling my friends, I said, he's got to go back in the game. They're like, dude, he's hurt. Said, you guys don't understand how sports work, you know, because it was the exact same thing. Because it was funny, I was at the NFC Championship game last year. No. Because I know how sports work. And I said, they're going to be killing Jay Cutler after this game. You know, I I just know how this thing works. I've been around it for so long. I said, they're going to kill Jay Cutler. And the guy says, man, he just got hurt. I said, you don't understand how this, this, this sports thing works. So that's the first thing I was saying to myself and my friends watching that Cowboy game. I said, Unless he's dead, he's got to go back in the game because the criticism would have been so intense after coming off. He didn't play well in game one. And to get hurt in game two, they would have just turned up. So now it's flipped. Now he's courageous, heroic. It, it, it just goes like that now from game to game. That's just the way it is. It ain't right and it ain't wrong. That's just how the criticism goes now. Do you think he was thinking that on the sideline, or you? Just... Oh yeah, yeah. We as players, you know, as players, you know all that stuff. Trust me. No kidding. He's sitting there thinking. I, I part of the reason why he's thinking this is because he knows the scrutiny level and what had just happened and what what may what may come out of it. He's really. Oh thinking yeah, no question. Happened. Because he had gotten killed, and let me tell you something. He did. Though he can't make those two mistakes he made in game against the Jets. But as players, we're very aware. Of our environment, people might not know it, but you could. We know there's certain things you're like, okay, I've got to go back in this game because you know people want to be saying he's not tough. Because first of all, they didn't know he had uh, a punctured lung, and guys have played before with broken ribs. 
you know, you just saw even my man Smith played with the separated shoulder one time. Right. So guys have always played hurt. So he can't just miss a game with a broken rib after because the intensity criticism here would have been really intense. Hmm. Do you believe in Tony Romo? I think Tony Romo gets a little gets a little too much criticism. You know, the guy's done a good job. I mean, he's led his team to the playoffs a couple times. You know, they imploded when he didn't play last year. I mean, think about that. They imploded when he didn't play last year. So uh, you got give him a chance, man. Everybody's always in such a hurry now because <laughs> they want you to have instant success. Well, you know they want they want it to be like you have to win immediately. Well, Ben think, Ben Roberts, yeah, Ben Brady and Ben changed that. I mean, they, I think Brady with what he did three three championships in four years, fresh out of Michigan. Then uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think that that what we saw in the last decade, Charles, upped the ante on everybody: coaches, general managers, organizations, even from the fan base to ownership. I think when you get that. And then you've got somebody like Tony Romo who comes out of um, Eastern Illinois. And- Tony, Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. I know. And so when you it's not when like you- he was a, a, a number one draft pick, a first round, a second round draft pick, he's had a lot of success in a very small period of time. And I understand that, but he deserves a chance to see how this year and the next couple of years go. Because think about it the Cowboys have been in the playoffs a couple of years with him as a starter. Last year does not count because he was hurt all year. But I think the criticism has been a little unfair. But like I say, he can't make those mistakes he made in game <laughs> yes, one. Right. Well, and certainly when, you, again, we're talking about an organization where they're Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. One is the the Navy man, the Heisman Trophy Navy man in Staubach. Another one is a first overall pick uh, in Aikman. And now, again, here you take a guy who has who nobody had really even heard of you entrust the entire organization to him and 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 uh you know the fumbled snap and then uh a situation like last week and all the other issues in between and then you throw the Brady and Ben thing on top of all of it the way to the world to be honest with you none of this stuff will be happening if Tony Romo was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this really is all about the Cowboy thing mm. to be honest with you mm. I mean, it's all about the cowboy thing. Is there is there a position like that in the NBA anymore? Uh, well, I think when you with Celtics and Lakers, uh, you always under more scrutiny because right. you know in those cities you have to win. I mean, they're, they're the only two cities where, like, they unless they win a championship, they feel like it's a lost season. Right. Now, you just, know, the, the Celtics and Lakers are only, they're, they're the two teams in that situation. I don't know if you saw that Peyton Manning sort of went the Kobe route, went uh, flew to Europe and got a stem cell treatment uh, uh, for his neck. And I guess he's trying anything right now. Well, first of all, he better not try anything this year. You know, anybody, uh, you know, I know Peyton a little bit. Uh, I met Eli a couple times, and I know Archie. If they let that kid step on the football field this year, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're crazy. You think he's done for the year? Uh, he should be. You know, the team is not very good. And why rush back? Listen, man, I don't ever screw around with a neck. You have to always say to yourself, you 
I think Kipping just had twins, if, I, if I'm correct. Yep. You want to be able to walk around with your twins, bro. You don't ever take any chances with your neck. I mean, if he played this year, I'll be totally shocked. Last question for you, Charles. Uh, you've got two weeks. You've already seen two weeks into this thing. Do you have a Super Bowl pick for me? I'm even giving you the, the benefit of, of seeing an eighth of the season played out. Two already. whole weeks? I'll give you, hey, listen, normally you got to do it preseason. And this year was impossible coming off of – yeah, you had nothing to base it on virtually except last year, you know. Um, and a lot of people chose the Chargers. You already saw that they have flaws. Some people chose the Saints. We've already seen that they, they – you know, again, it was just week one. Um, New England looks really strong, but their defense, uh, I mean, this week, I, 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 I'm not flinching when I say it. Buffalo will test them. That's no doubt about that. Well, I think New England is the thing to beat in the AFC. I think they're going to get better. you know, you got to remember, Hainsworth missed in pretty much the entire preseason. I think once he gets in quote-unquote football shape, I think their defense is going to be much better. And Listen, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. I, I could watch him throw footballs all day. You know, he's like when you watch Nolan Ryan in his prime. Like they, when they throw the ball, it looks a little bit different. Like Aaron Rodgers throws the most beautiful spiral you ever going to see. And Nolan Ryan, I used to just watch him pitch. And when he threw his fastball, it was like, wow, that's just beautiful to watch. And until somebody can beat the Packers, I'm going to stick with the Packers in the, in the, in the NFC. You know, and Rodgers, he's smart as a whip, too. I mean, he just he, – he knows exactly what he's doing. And, and, and what he did waiting behind Favre, I, I think well, – you know what? I, I, met, I met Aaron a couple of times over in Lake Tahoe, and, and I told him I, he impressed me the way he handled the whole Brett Favre situation. Uh, that 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 made me an Aaron Rodgers fan. The way he handled that entire situation has got to be one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And you got to take your head off to Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy. You know they made a decision. Everybody killed them. They did the right thing, and they took the heat. And Aaron didn't say a word. He just showed up and did his thing. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. Well, uh, so you, Charles Barkley, from what I just sort of understood, you, you're taking the Patriots and the Packers in the Super Bowl in Indianapolis next February. I'm taking the Patriots and the Packers in the Super Bowl in Indy. That's 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 old school. That's Parcells, Bledsoe versus Favre, and uh, that maybe Desmond Howard can come out of, of retirement and run one back. That's a, that's an old school matchup right there. Well, it'll Charles. be uh, you know, and it, it'll be interesting to see because uh, Belichick clearly is a great, great, great coach. His brain against Aaron Rodgers' brain. That's worth the price of admission. <laughs> that's true. I don't know if did you have you seen the Belichick documentary that's been airing on NFL Network? You able to catch? I that? have not seen it yet. Got to see it. Check it out. You got to check it out because it's uh, it's it's really unbelievable, and and you just you do see uh, stuff that you never really would imagine would be crossing you know crossing his mind, and also just the the byplay between him and and uh, Tom Brady uh, while they're preparing for Ed Reed. It was spectacular, 
And then there was. Well, I got to see that. Then I want to see that. Oh, you got to see it. And then there you was. Know, actually, you know, Coach Belichick is actually a friend of mine. Is that right? Yeah, he's a friend of mine. And let me tell you something. I'm not one of these front running fans. Yeah. I was his friend when he coached in Cleveland. <laughs> you know, I met him when he coached in Cleveland through Mike Patello. We've been friends ever since then. Bizarre. So I ain't just one of these jump on the bandwagon, Bill won three Super Bowls. I was a friend of his when he when when he when he sucked as a coach. So then, so then you know that that, that his public persona as what this he's show is a, showing. He's a funny guy, Bill. That show this 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 show shows that Charles. And there's a great there's a great there's a great moment that uh, the cameras caught with Derek Mason of the Raven, then of the Ravens, who's talking smack uh, on the sideline, and Belichick told him to f off and to go f himself. Twice, three times, <laughs> and told him take a look at the scoreboard. It was great. It was great. And I tell people, man, he's not like his public persona at all. Mm-hmm. So would you? Would you even take it a step further and give me who would win that? Patriots, Packers? Would you even do that for me? Man, you know that's a great question. I only ask those, Charles. Um, I'm about to go with my man Belichick. I trust him. I trust him. On defense. Okay. That's who you chose last year. That would be a great that would be I mean, a great Super Bowl. That would be a tough one for Indianapolis to swallow after that the season that I think is unfolding for them. And then uh let me tell you something, but you have to look at it. Uh they got three quarterbacks coming out of college next year. And what better, uh, the luck kid who's special. He's special, you can tell. But you got the Barkley kid who's going to be good just because of his last name. <laughs> and you got the kid at Oklahoma, Landry Jones. So if you need uh, – that to me, uh, clearly, this Peyton Manning thing is scary with guys' neck. But if you need a quarterback, next year's probably one of the best times to have one of those top ten picks. And they listen, and there's a hundred percent chance they're gonna have one of those top ten picks. Uh, well, they probably gonna have one of those top five picks. I think so. I think they may. Uh, yeah, uh, top three. You could even say top. I mean, they look horrible right now. And and that's the whole idea is that Manning. I mean, Manning was the coach at, uh, under center. You know, I mean, it's not just you're not just losing your your all pro quarterback. You're losing a, yeah, an on field coach. Now, you, 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 the thing that concerned would concern me. Is those those players packing it in because they have a built-in, ready-made excuse? That's what would concern me. Well, that's on but the coach. They got to still go out there and compete. That's on the coach. They got they're in, they're they're on NBC this week, Charles. I mean, the whole country's going to see what's up now. I mean, well, see, the Steelers coming in because nobody listen. Every player know when they're on national television. Every player knows when they're on national television. Trust me. So they're going to rise up. I don't worry about the big games on, on NBC or ESPN. I worry about the games, about the games five or six, when they're like one and five or zero oh and six. Right. That's when you figure out who you can compete, start building for the future. Wow. Hey, Charles, thanks for calling in. If this lockout does last, I don't know if Turner would be up for it, but please come in here and start to talk NFL for us, Charles. We can, well, let me work tell you something. That. I was highly, highly offended Uh-oh. when Warren said, Warren Sapp thought he could outrun me. I've been real, and he calls me every week to remind me. Let me tell you something. I'm not sure of anything in life, but I bet anything in the world that Warren cannot outrun me. Anytime, any place, I'll be there. Really? 
Yes, anytime, any place. Warren Sapp is a big, fat defensive lineman. He cannot run, outrun me. I guarantee that. And it's anytime, anywhere. Where we could? Is it forty yards? Any distance? I mean, what? what First of all, he too fat to run long distance, so it's got to be a sprint. <laughs> what do you think he's going to outrun me for a mile? Charles, I mean, I know he would be he would be wanting to know the specifics of this because you're throwing well, down the gauntlet here. It's going to be a sprint because he can't go any long distances. All right. I'm going to let him know about this, Charles. You let him know. Please do. All right. Charles Barkley, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime, please. The one and only Charles Barkley on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. Let's talk about some more issues around the National Football League right now with the lead football writer of Yahoo Sports and perhaps the only man uh, associated with the NFL that I know that has not had stem cell surgery outside of the United <laughs> States recently. That would be none other than Mike Silver. How are you, Mike? I'm good, Rich. I'm uh, just trying to stay healthy and, uh, you know, hang in there. Okay, good. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, and uh, to, to spice up the segment, uh, podcast favorite, darling, uh, and... Uh, and and she rhymes with what is this? What do we have here? Something that rhymes with something that rhymes with. That's to give you a clue, there, Silver. I know who it is because uh, my friend Kara Henderson and I were treated to some of the most uh, absurd radio broadcasting in press boxes, which is, that's saying a lot. What does this mean? During the NFC Championship game. we Mike Silver and I really bonded in the NFC Championship game in the press box right after Jay Cutler uh, went out with the knee injury. Right. The radio broadcasters on the front row were going through the roof, but there was this one in particular. And they'd been, they'd been awful all day. They were just awful, talking about how they were going, you know, Aaron Rodgers right, right, right was... after the opening drive, like, right, this the super high volume, this guy goes, well, the Packers proved through the Bears on that drive like a hot knife through butter. No. And we were just like, wow, stop stealing my stuff. Come on. It's a hot knife through butter. Like a hot knife through butter. So, so then it got worse. No. Because then when um, when Cutler went down and then Twitter was lighting up and everybody was, you know, a, a Twitter. Um, nice. The, the guy then proceeds to say, you won't believe what people are saying about Jake Cutler online. Let me just put it this way. It's something that rhymes with wussy. No, that's not true. And Mike and I both I literally. And I were lifelong friends from that moment on. That's pretty much. Possible. It is absolutely this, this possible. Went out, this went out this over the air. This was broadcast really loud, on air. Way, really loud. Box, really loud. Press box. It was good. But it also went out on air. No kidding. I can't believe they 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 accused him of being a ruski. I know. That's which is weird. I mean, I thought that we were past the Cold War. I thought we were past you the know, Cold in, War. In reference to uh, to some of my favorite female dogs, I often ask Kara <laughs> if we can hang out with someone named B*** Ryzen. That rhymes with B*** Ryzen, excuse me. <laughs> So there you go. Well, thankfully you are right now, Mike. There you go. Thankfully you are right now. And and I guess this is a perfect launching off point. Um, speaking of Cutler headlines, um, the story that comes out on Tuesday, the Fox uh, broadcast of the Bears-Saints game uh, used fake headlines to make a point. 
uh, Mike. You're, and you're, you're, you're my you're my you're my guardian of the, uh, keeper of the journalistic flame. Are, are, is this a big deal? Do you think? Uh, yeah, kind kind of. Uh, you know, first of all, it's, we're talking about the same thing: Cutler leaving with the injury. So, yeah, if that you're, they are gonna make up headlines. Why not make up the headline? Cutler something that rhymes with wussy. <laughs> Just go all out. First of all, <laughs> well, secondly, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big thing in that uh, you know making things up is really, 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 really bad. Yeah, that's a lot of really. So, uh, Certainly, you know, if you're Fox I don't these to, days like, too. Take away anyone's livelihood, but let yeah. me just be the first to publicly call for the job of the person who oh, both came up with that and greenlit on. that. That's an embarrassment to everyone in our industry. Give me a break. Well, I mean, again, it was just like a, a headline that they used in the broadcast uh, to try and capture the feeling of the moment. And uh, unfortunately, uh, what uh, newspaper Moose, was Moose, it that they were trying they just to say act they like were actual, They were saying there's actual newspaper headlines from Chicago, and Moose even said that on the broadcast. These are actual headlines. Now I don't know Which, if Moose. By the way, it's I don't so know funny. if Moose, like if you're trying to connect with the, the demographic, don't you do blog headlines or not tweets. headlines well, because tweets. nobody reads newspapers? Well, if, in, in which in which case it would have been fine because you could find anything online that you want if you just you know, Yahoo search it or even Google it. And, uh, wow. you know, you could probably find a little quote online that says Cutler something that rhymes with wussy. And again, that would have been a, a very powerful <laughs> thing to put on the air. By Mike the way, Silver, Dale did Gosh you apparently just sold it by saying these were actual newspaper headlines. Okay. Thank you. Now, just inviting people <laughs> to, to check. I'm, I'm big on fact checking. I don't know. All those years at sports illustrated, yeah. we had a fact checker on everything we wrote. It's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's nice. It's a nice little bonus for the readers to feel like they're seeing something believable. But it shocks me that a company like Fox, oh boy. given their awesome record when it comes to look at uh, you. coverage of both really important barrels. Things. Look at you, Mike. Look at you, both barrels. Does right he ever? Now. Ha- does he ever just come out one barrel? Like have never. you ever seen Mike Silver <laughs> just come out and say, barrel. you know what? That's true. I'm just going to soft sell this one. That's why. But that's, gonna, why but that's why. Like that's one barrel. that's, that's why we fun. read. That's why we read Mike Silver. I right, hope, or some I of hope us. That's one reason why. Well, what? I always, I always read it to I'm see if I somehow. With flossum. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have something to say, Karen? What do you say, I, Mike? I can't believe you dropped a bad word on our uh, podcast here, and it wasn't, you know. Is that the G, is that the G word? The G word. You dropped the G word. The Google word. Google. Man. You went Yahoo search first, which was a very good company yeah, man move out of here. That I am the last holdout on earth who believes that Yahoo can win the search battle. <laughs> we are we're any day now. People aren't gonna Google things, they're gonna Yahoo search it. Well, I will pound that in your head. You clearly I do a Yahoo search words of the week every Friday. Uh, I am just I, I, you know, remember when Red McCombs used to go purple pride? <laughs> well that's me. And also with an exclamation point, the most abused punctuation mark on earth, because it is in fact part of my company. Where do you work? Kara, you work for the NFL Network. I work for Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, uh, Mike Silver, not a Bing man either. Not a Bing man. You know, it's just we you're clearly... Not, you're not, you're not looking things up with Bing. Search. I'm still of the belief, even though our recently fired CEO uh, called our board of directors <laughs> doofuses, uh, among other things. Yeah, is, if I, I go on Yahoo, can I look that article up? Because I didn't get a chance to doofuses, read that. Yeah, put in the word doofus in the <laughs> Yahoo search. Call them something that rhymes with loofus. <laughs>
Because <laughs> I will beat that joke into the ground as Kara knows. Now, I, that's my favorite kind of humor. I love Mike it. Silver. Um, Mike Silver, let's get into some of the nuggets you threw out there in your column this week. And the, the, the one that jumped off the page at me was um, what's going on in Kansas City right now. The Kansas City Chiefs lost again this week. They, they lose by 34 at home to the Bills. Opening week, lose Eric Berry, perhaps their best defensive player. How can it get any worse? Well, on the road, losing by 35 in Detroit and losing Jamal Charles, your best offensive player. Yeah, and losing him to a yard marker and a mascot, right? I mean, he stepped on the yard marker and then ran into the mascot. I mean, honestly. Of all things. Honestly. Who would think that a guy would be injured by something that rhymes with ascot? Uh, yeah, it, it sucks, and I know Kara and I were both worried about the Chiefs going into the season because we're both big Todd Haley fans, and I think he did a remarkable job last year. The, people really don't understand how good a job he did, in my opinion. They won 10 games. They won the division. Expectations are raised. That's the way it works in the NFL. Uh, and I sort of saw a, a potential drop-off coming, but I didn't see this. They obviously had a terrible start, uh, and losing Barry was, was brutal, and then next week uh, it gets even worse. So I, I'm a little concerned that uh, people will say, well, Todd Haley, he's got to be the fall guy for this, uh, when in fact a normal progression for the Chiefs probably would have been maybe seven or eight wins last year and, and slightly raised expectations for this year. It's a tough business. That, that's how it goes down. But it just gave me, it, it, it gave me an opportunity to voice some things in my column that have been bothering me. The first is this asinine notion that Charlie Weiss somehow was responsible for this unexpectedly uh, terrific season that Matt Castle had last year because people who understand what went on there know that Charlie Weiss basically wanted no part of Matt Castle, uh, you know, borderline refused to coach him. And Todd Haley, uh, in addition to actually coaching the team, did a lot of quarterback coaching last year, and the results were pretty staggering. So uh, Charlie Weiss leaving is not the reason that Matt Castle is playing poorly this year. That's a joke. And the second thing is that, there's a lot of tension in that building. Scott Pioli and Todd Haley, probably not the best personality match on paper. Uh, he hired Todd when he was the hot guy coming off the Cardinals near Super Bowl victory. Um, I, he really wanted Josh McDaniels. Uh, instead, Pat Bowlen decided to make Josh McDaniels head coach, general manager, hmm. Grand Poobah, Emperor, and all that, uh, which which was perfect for Josh's personality type because he believed that he was, in fact, that great. And other than losing, uh, what, 21 of his last 26 games, I think, uh, cheating and completely dismantling any semblance of personnel on that team by making a series of totally ridiculous moves, he did an awesome job in Denver. So now Josh is doing what? Coach- hey, Mike, we actually have Josh McDaniels on the phone <laughs> as well. Because uh, I'm a big fan. Um, I can't and, tell. And so, uh, you know, other than, but, you know, so what happens to young guys who think they're Bill Belichick and act like him but aren't, 
uh, and get fired is that they usually get a wow. second chance really quickly because that's what happened to Eric Mangini. I don't know why. Uh, he's now been humbled twice, so he's lost some weight, and we see him on TV. It's really <laughs> So Josh went to go be a coordinator in St. Louis. I, I'm sure Scott Pioli wanted to ram him down Todd Haley's throat as the Chiefs offensive coordinator but couldn't quite bring himself to declare all-out war. And now I believe that uh, – Todd Haley will be the fall guy as this downward spiral continues, uh, which happens in the NFL. But I just wanted to prepare Chiefs fans for what I think is the next move, which is Josh, Josh McDaniels, McDaniels across the state of Missouri, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, at that point, I'm going to actually voice some opinions on this. No, no kidding. I mean, there, again, there's the both barrels right there. You know, it's you know, it's tough, though, Mike. And, and you and I both talked to Todd before the start of the season. I wanted to do a, an interview with him Um and he made a, an interesting call, um, which was to not put guys in pads for the first couple weeks of training camp. And the thought behind it was that he wanted to get everybody up to the same conditioning level so that nobody would get hurt. Mm-hmm. So you can see the irony there that now they've come out first two games and lost three starters because Tony Moyaki's out as well So for the season. So, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where... There was a bad situation already, and then obviously insult, injury, you know, you can add them all up, and it's just not a good situation. That's that's a great point, and I think Todd would admit that he's a young coach still trying to figure it all out, and that doesn't mean you can't win as you do it, and I'm sure when he gets his second job, he'll be a lot better, unlike maybe other people I've mentioned on this uh, podcast, but, uh, you know, look, there's no magic formula. I think what you have to do is be sincere, be honest, and try to be you, and that's why why I'm so hard on people like Josh McDaniels who just believe that by being like Bill Belichick, they'll win. They're missing the point. Bill Belichick acts like that, but that's not the reason his teams have done well. The reason his teams have done well is he's a very, very, very good coach uh, who's got a great owner and one of the best players of our era or any era and Tom Brady and a lot of other good players and he wants to act like a domineering boor a lot of the time well I guess he's earned that right Uh, it doesn't mean that if you act like a domineering boor and are into secrecy and uh, all that stuff that you're going to be good because we've certainly seen Rex Ryan do it the opposite way and be successful I think the common uh, thread with guys like Belichick and Ryan, in addition to being great defensive strategists, uh, among other things, is that they are true to their respective personalities. So I can't tell you that resting guys and not putting them in pads or running the Oklahoma drill and beating the crap out of them is necessarily the best way to either prevent injuries or prepare for a season. But I can tell you that uh, as you said, Kara, it is a it is a, a cruel irony for Todd because well, he was concerned. About unfortunately it. for him and Kansas City, they're at San Diego this week. After San Diego did what they did, is that last a trap week. game of all trap games? Well, it may be, it may be, but the question is: Is do they have the firepower? Do they have the ability to <laughs> match I, what what San Diego? Can I just jump in here, Rich? Thanks Please. for you know. This is, no, I no, don't take guest, it. Right? Go, and thank go thank you, it. by the way, for joining us on the Kara <laughs> Henderson <laughs> podcast. No today. problem. That's my problem. Um, no problem. Listen, I, I want to say something else i the chargers have been a really good organization for the last you know five seven years the saints are another team that i you know they won the super bowl two years ago 
What is the fascination with these teams in terms of people's perception? The Chargers are coming off a 9-7 and season. They really didn't do anything over the offseason that glaringly improved them. And they're like trendy Super Bowl pick. They're so awesome. I think they're a middle-of-the-pack team with a great quarterback until proven otherwise. And the Saints, you know, I love Mike Florio, but he has them as his number two team in his power rankings. Really? Because they played like number two in that first game. I know they scored a lot of points, but they gave up a lot of points to the Packers and the kick return, and they were better last week. So I'm willing to believe they're a good team, but that was that was so 2009. Well, uh, with San Diego, it's funny that you'd even mention that about San Diego. Because every San Diego Charger fan that I've met, and even some people in the organization feel they don't get a fair shake on the national level because of where they play and they're well, out here on the West Coast. I would give the 2000. San Diego Chargers a fair shake. I would give the 2007 and 8 San Diego Chargers a fair shake. I just don't think they were that good well, last year. I'll tell you what, Mike. I mean, you're you're not wrong in what we saw what we saw in week two because they they were moving up and down the twenties, and Antonio Gates was a complete non-factor, and that's all they did is shoot themselves in the foot one time after another after another. Philip Rivers throwing some bad picks. Mike Tolbert with some bizarre decision to, instead of just take a no-gain, decides to moonwalk his was, way back he, into the backfield. and style was something that rhymes with gimpy on a couple of plays. Well, or, it's really bizarre. Or, or, I don't know what that would rhyme with other what than is, perhaps gimpy. Uh, wimpy. <laughs> oh, oh, wimpy, okay. I thought you went pimpy. I have no idea. There you go. I say he ran in a wimpy style. I wouldn't say that he's something that rhymes with because that would be a little extreme. I would I'd think have to go so. Radio well, I mean, because and and what New England did was completely pounce on these mistakes, and that also just I think plays into the point of how good a coach that Bill Belichick is. When when yes. when when uh, Vince Wilfork of all people came up with his first career pick with 30 ticks left, and then there was even a penalty on New England to move the ball further back 10 yards with 20 some odd ticks to go. You knew. You absolutely knew this turnover was going to be turned into points because uh, Tom Brady just uh, just would throw a couple. He just threw a couple of passes to the sidelines as if nobody was knowing what what Brady was going to do. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that it, uh, the operator is is at such a high level right now that he is on pace. He's not on pace to run down Dan Marino's record. He's on pace to run over it. <laughs> He's on pace for an almost 8,000-yard season. But after the game, uh, uh, Brady said, we've practiced that scenario six or seven times this season already. That's that, I think, it's is where Belichick. Football. They're, they're the he, best situational the best. football best team. Belichick and, and the Patriots are the best at that in the NFL. Well, you, you sit there and you're down on the field and you watch the games. I've been to so many games at Foxborough, and you always know. You know it. You always know. And so if we know. How do they not know? Of course know? they know. Right. And the players well, know and, they, and their opponents know that, oh, gosh, Tom Brady's got the ball now. He's just, three, just know it. three and in. Three I and think in. Jeff Fisher was the other guy who was always excelled at that, and that was sort of a hidden uh, you know, gift that he had that, was, that went unappreciated a lot. But, yeah, Belichick is so great at preparing them for different eventualities. And uh, the lockout was an advantage for some teams. And, by the way, it took us till how many minutes in to say the word lockout, which Thank is God. awesome. Thank God. Uh, it, it obviously was an advantage to teams with established systems and coaches and quarterbacks. And so the Patriots knew it was an advantage, so they could have just chilled and said, you know what, we've got an advantage. We'll 
be better prepared. But Belichick took it to the next level. He said, let's race to the line of scrimmage, and these teams will be tired. They'll be unprepared. They, they won't know what hit them. Or they'll fall down like the Giants. Right. And, oh. Or they'll fall down like the Giants. And, and that's, that's basically, you know, they've caught yes. people literally off guard. They just can't keep up with them figuratively and literally. And good for them because, uh, you know, sometimes maybe they take the regular season too seriously, but give them credit for, for caring. And, and uh, it's a perfect segue there, Kara. Because what do you do about that? I mean, that happened twice as you're referring to what the Giants did to Sam Bradford and and McDaniel's speed-up offense on the Monday night game. They clearly were faking it. I mean, there's just no question. And it was Deion like watching even, a soccer match, wasn't it? Well, for, for, our, for our international downloaders, and if, as you know, Kara, there are many of them. Yeah, we're big in... Uh... We're in Myanmar, Myanmar. And, but, no, but across the pond, where we're going to send the NFL in a few weeks with uh, our friend Nigel Spackle will no doubt give us a, uh, a report on that Bucks bears game. But at any rate, the, the, it, it, it's absurd what happened. Deion Grant even gave a wink and a nod at reporters. Do you, do you if you're Roger Goodell, do you find him? Do you find him? Well, fans don't like shams and they don't like cheating. And that's one reason I'm pretty hard on Josh McDaniels, because he cheated last year, and it's embarrassing, and, and it's worse than losing all those games. By the way, 3-13 and 13 while taping other people's walkthroughs, I'm, what would he have been without cheating? Could, is there, how do you feel about Josh McDaniels, yeah, Mike? Uh, if you could just let anyway, us know, you know how you feel about so him. I, so I want, to, I want to say that cheating is bad. I, I know that this is age-old, and that uh, I remember Chuck Knox doing it in a... Seahawks Bengals playoff game to slow down the Bengals, I think. Must have been well, yeah, well, Seahawks. Sam Weich was always upset about yeah, that. Back when the Seahawks were in the AFC. Well, it, that's why it's Cam, sort of a time honored tradition. Was in diapers at the time, but nice. uh, I think, Rich, maybe you remember, but yeah, it, it goes way back, and it's hard <laughs> to enforce because if players were good actors, you really couldn't stop it and it's hard to judge intent but you know what soccer refs do judge intent and they will card a guy for flopping and maybe they're wrong but it's not like the death penalty where you say I'd rather have 500 people go free than one wrongfully convicted person executed or some people would say that uh, this is great analogy Mike you know, that was a great analogy could, the price of this is not death, so you actually could get it wrong. And oh, you know what? He wasn't well, flopping. Turns out, but but it is hard in this uh, visceral twenty four seven real time universe we live in to judge. Because look at Cutler. Uh, some people would say, "Wow, people sure got that wrong." It turned out he had a grade whatever MCL sprain. And then other people would say, "Dude, he was walking up the stairs to a club that night with his girlfriend, you know." And give me a break. And if if we had every NFL player on right now with truth serum, we'd have a great debate because half of them or some percentage of them would say, that guy is tough. Give me a break. You know, how can you question him? That's why you're a writer and I'm a player. And well, how about, another, another segment would say, he's something that rhymes with. Anyway. Nice. But how about this one? How about this one? Because it was a great shot uh, in the Chargers Patriots game. They came out of break. Phil Sims was on it. So was that great uh, CBS Nance Sims crew of Brady standing over an injured Chargers player. And Sims basically says the reason why he's doing that is the players always are falling down on the Patriots. And Brady wanted to see if this was an actual injury on the up and up or not. And and then it's 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 not just again what we've 
what we just saw Monday night. It happens league-wide. So how about this? Um, you you get taken off because of your, you're injured. You can't return for five plays. Period. And, then, and, then, and that's it. You can't return yeah, for five if, plays. You know, what if a guy's got a cramp? You know, what you, if, that's it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, we're, 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 we are, we, Mike Silver. With, Mike Silver. Uh, Mike Silver. Uh, by the way, have you been speakerphoning us this whole time? Are no, you on? I would, okay. I okay. You, okay good. You're Thomas Dimitrov. Thomas Dimitrov. It'll be great. My dad will be. Yeah. And Kara had the pleasure of meeting my dad. And you we wouldn't have rich if you weren't something that rhymes with wussy. He was somewhere that rhymes with Ralaboo. Yeah, right. Which was way too far from where you were. Cruising, you know, to some meeting, and he'll give me a call, and he'll be like, "How are you?" And I'll be talking, and I'll, of course, come with both barrels about something, and then I'll hear like a pause, and he'll be like, "Oh, he's sitting next to me in the car," you know. Like, oh, thanks for. Thanks oh, because you talk too loud. There no, should no. be a rule. You should. You should have to say immediately. You're on speaker. Well, it just it. it Thomas Dimitrov, uh, speaker, phoned me the first time he was on this podcast, Ow. and and uh, I saw he was one of the first guests of Peter King's new podcast. So I, I texted Thomas saying, "Did you at least speak or phone?" He said, him "You know first? what? Thomas actually texted me and mm-hmm. said that he felt bad he was cheating on you." But it's, it's not on cheating on me. And, more and power to Peter King. And, and, and to bring it full circle. And to bring full circle. Yeah, he was at Thomas's on Saturday night. Like no, but the reason right. Rich Thomas yes. did actually say to me, "I have a confession." The reason I put Rich. Uh, on speakerphone is that I was putting the chain back on my mountain bike. It had come off, and my hands were all greasy, and I wanted to make He's sure that I He does right. actually have a bike in his office. How, but, but so what do you, you you nodded in agreement. Five five plays, Karen. Something has to be done five to make plays. you. Gotta you got to have a way. deterrent. You have to have a deterrent. I'm putting that in the file of draft day reaction shots preempting the pick. Yes. Something yes. has to be done, but Something I'm not up. positive that your solution in either case is the right one, yes. but I'm going to give it some considered Thank thought, you. and Thank maybe you. on a slow news day, write a column. Yeah, and, and plus, I know that's a good thing because according to uh, my Twitter app, you're an influencer. Really? Num- yes, that's what they call you, but they based on his number of followers. An influencer. I'm an influencer. You're an influencer, according to Twitter. Uh, Do you think I Twitter. can get that power in my own household? Or is no, that- absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. That. Uh, that doesn't translate. In the few minutes I have left, I want to get some quick hitters with you and Kara here on some games for week three. And and as always here what in the are podcast, the games? hold on a minute. Here's Mike Ditka from uh, Circa 2003. Go for it. Okay, what are, the, what are the games? I don't even know the games. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time. It's too good. Every time. It's too good. New England at Buffalo, Mike Silver. Let's do some quick hitters here. I feel like I'm back in time and I'm with Jim Healy. It's the best. There you go. Uh, New England at Buffalo. Uh, I am very impressed with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, There's a butt coming. That team, no, that team that they beat on Sunday is a real good team. I, I, I probably have a higher opinion of the Raiders than anyone, which is not a sentence that has been uttered much in my life. But uh, that was a big win to come back like that. They've obviously still got issues, but let's not sleep on the Bills. Uh, this is the type of game they could win. They haven't beaten the Patriots, I think, since 2003, which was the Lawyer Malloy game. I don't know to pick them, but maybe by the end of the week I will. And by the way, I'm 28-4. and four. It's a stunning degree of success for me. This usually doesn't happen early in the season. Wow. wow. To be, yeah, it's the Lawyer Malloy game. Lawyer Malloy game. Do and you think they, the Bills can win this one, Kara? You know. They can go point for point what, with people. What, what, there, there is a tendency um, for the Patriots to have one of those games. One of those games. One of those games every year, right when they Cleveland get going. Last year. Right when they get going and everybody's ready to say, will they be beaten at all? They come out and you're like, huh? How about in 2000? 2000- 
2007, when did they have that game? Oh, it was the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Sorry about that. Right. Hmm. Anyway, go ahead. I, 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 I've I, seen the Bills almost beat them. I don't a couple know. years ago. Yeah, that Leotis McKelvin tough... running yes, the I was standing right there. I was standing right there when he decided to run it out, and you're just like, you've got to be kidding me. Why the didn't Bills you were front. Him? You could have done the Bills such a service. <laughs> That'd have been like a, that's like a beer commercial. That's By like a beer commercial. Right, like, I already have my post-game interview set. Don't you dare, sir. Yeah, I was right. running down the sidelines uh, with Kevin Dyson during the Music City Miracle. Uh, Name I dropper. I was on the field. I was on the Bills <laughs> sidelines, and I, I, you know, I was at the play in 1982, uh, and I got so caught up in the emotion of the moment, I think, that I just ran. I, I wasn't in the end zone celebration in the corner, but I was darn close. Right. NFL Films actually spot shadowed me. It's a good look. Nice. We're doing a poor job of the quick hitters. So let, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Mike yeah, Silver and quick hitter does I know, not exactly. Because I want to get. Because again, uh, can I hear Dead Go one more time? Because I'm having confusion of what the games are. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know. The games. <laughs> I don't even know the games. I don't even know the games. Thankfully, I've got a list in front of me. He, I don't care. Well, <laughs> he's lost his mind. He didn't have it. I, I you he know, never had the marbles. I love hanging out with Mike Silver. He's just all right. He, let's get some quick hitters here. Uh, quick, Mike. Quick, quick hitters. Houston at New Orleans. That's a great Week Three game. What do you think of that one? Well, I've I think you like. Dissed, I've already dissed the Saints. You have, but I mean, Houston. This is a game where if they're really going to take a step forward, they need to go into that dome and hit them in the mouth and come away with a win. I don't know if they're going to do that. We'll see. All I know is uh, if there were this weird device where you could bet money on how many collective points would be scored in a game relative to expectation, it would seem to me that betting that there would be more points scored than expected would be a smart move in that game. That's a horrible piece of analysis for a network such as this one. That's horrible, Mike. Well, so that's, so, that's so substandard. So sub- who's, who do you think is going to win that game? God, I don't make my picks this early. I probably right. New Orleans. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this, Karen Henderson? I'm 28 and four. You think I got to 28 and four by making picks on Tuesday? No. Well, I will say this: I was in Houston for the for training camp, and they were taking it very hard that people think they're soft. And Michael Lombardi was bringing that up, so they're going to find out whether or not this offense is soft. I like it. So that's against Greg that's Williams, some, Steve that's, that's some quality analysis right there. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Karen. No, thank you. Okay. Um, Atlanta, Tampa. I love the this game. To me, this is because you got Freeman, you got Ryan. Last year, both of those meetings and Mike was just watching the Falcons. So yeah. You know what? And the Falcons. the Falcons would beat the Eagles because I knew it meant so much to them, and they would rise up. However, <laughs> they had to injure Michael Vick to do it, which is fine. Uh, I. Thinking Bucks here, a little letdown for the Falcons. Bucks have not played well yet. It would behoove them to maybe start doing so. Are they going to be the Chiefs and uh, be a, a disappointment after a promising 2010, or are they going to be the team we thought they would be going in, which is on the upward curve? I love Josh Freeman. I think the Bucks maybe are going to uh, put it on them. The Falcons look out of sorts to me. They're, the play calling has been real dubious, and when they went no huddle and let Ryan do it himself, it, it looked a lot better but yeah they run that texas package a lot and they they really like what they can do with that mm-hmm. but i think what's interesting to me is that they really take they're not going to uh undersell the uh bucks they really take them seriously they should. now 
I mean, they know they well enough to do so. They hit each other in the mouth. In that oh, game. yeah. And so that is, you know, Michael right Vick there. That's right the there with the Saints. Well, right Vic there got, with the Saints. Vic got hit in the mouth because he, he was spun into one of his offensive linemen. And not that's, wearing that, that, a mouth guard. I mean, I which is, that's nutty. I mean, that's absolutely nutty. And unfortunately for Atlanta at Tampa Bay, that, that, that rivalry, which I think is one of the best in the league, I really do. And it's going to stay under the radar for yet another week. Another edition of that. And we of need that to game. get Mike Del Tufo a hat like Raheem Morris has. Have you seen the one that he wears that says Youngry? Youngry. We need to get Youngry. Mike Del Tufo our salmon. <laughs> on this. Can we get one for Can we get one for Steve Mariucci because he's always hungry? Uh, the reason why it's going to stay under the radar <laughs> is because it's in, in uh, Green Bay plays Chicago, and, oh, and yeah. that that will that will create many headlines, real and fake. Um, <laughs> what do you think of this matchup, Mike Silver? What do you think of this one? Wow. Well, the Packers' defense has not been good the first two games. Uh, that's a little concerning, and now Nick Collins is out, which hurts them. Uh, the Bears, super impressive in week one. I have expected the Bears to have a total drop-off and uh, and not be a playoff team this year, but they really proved something to me in week one by dismantling the Falcons, just taking them apart, and then last week it didn't look so good in New Orleans. So uh, that's a great question. I sort of feel like... Uh, you know, I'm leaning bears early in the week, but I'm gonna have to think this one through. You know what I like the way Aaron Rodgers has come out this season. He's just he's got a little how do you have a chip on your shoulder when you win the Super Bowl, but he's getting chippy with everybody. Who Aaron? Yeah. Well he was on early noticed? on in this podcast. Yeah, was he? Yes he was. And I don't know, I don't believe he was chippy. I know, he wasn't gonna be chippy with you. I no, mean, you but you know uh, but but hey, listen. I, I think he heard throughout the entire off season. Uh, why in the world are they not working out with everybody, uh, just like everybody else? And I think he took a. Took you know a what? You know what? You know. That. You know what he reminds me of when he does that. You have that same tendency to do that sometimes. What are you talking about? You're that kind. Of, it's it's the I same. You have a little. Yards? You have the, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I laughed so hard. <laughs> It's okay. I'll never do that. That's all right. We know well, no, no, no. This is the last. This is the last time. point because because we, we have to go. What do you mean? No, you you have a tendency. You you kind of you know have that way of, of poking the stick back at somebody when you when you know. I bristle. Is you bristle and bristle? and then you'll hold it. You'll hold it. Hold the grudge and mm. then poke poke poke. And Del Tufo's in there shaking his head like yes, he knows exactly oh, what I'm talking. I about. hold. I bristle. I grudge. And just, I, I grudge and it. I poke. You, you hold it. You I hold do. it. I and hold. then you and then you just let little. And you have that look on your face, that little <laughs> smile on your face, <laughs> right? And then I, and then I really, uh, then and I then you go. bring it back out. Like if I disinvite you to dinner or something, and you're going to be You've like, never, you, "How was dinner? I was, how was dinner? Of course, yeah, dinner Just was like good, that. right? Just what I would never disinvite you to dinner. So I don't know why you do that to me. Uh, <laughs> no, Mike you just Silver. don't come because you're in Malibu. Uh, <laughs> Mike Silver. Rich was ready to party with us as long as, as, long we, as we went there. Yeah. As long as we went all that. the way to Malibu and hung out like while he sat in his shower shoes. Hey, and all, all, the only reason why the only reason why it was it was a possibility is because Kara said early in the week maybe we'll come up to you. And Kara is still new to Southern California. There's no chance. There is no chance. There was just no chance. But I appreciated the, I appreciated the thought. See, but you know me. No I, I, I know you want to. I know, you, I know you, you, you want. We all want the same thing, which is to hang out with each other. That's why this is such a great uh, visit. Uh, Mike, and, and next time you come on, do me a favor. Just just don't hold back, will you please? Just really tell us what <laughs> you think about what, things. If there's all right? such a thing as three barrels, because what if I had a hidden third arm that nobody knew about and it only came out? <laughs> That's what she said. In times of distress. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Kara's I, new new show idea, right? It is. It's how great is this, Silver? I know you'll love this because Mike and I have some random conversations sometimes, right. as you can probably imagine. But I've come up with a new view. It's like a raunchy view, like on Spike TV or something, and it's called "That's What She Said." 
What do you think? Phenomenal. It's right up done. there with the many other ideas that you've thrown out there that must be done. <laughs> done. done. Thanks very much, Mike Silver. You're the best. Thanks so much for having that's me, Kara right. um, and Rich. Thanks for sitting in. You bet. That is that's <laughs> Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports or Yahoo Sports and Kara uh, <laughs> and Henderson on the Rich Eisen podcast. That's the end of part one of this podcast. We went long again, people. Having too good of a time talking to folks like Charles Barkley, Mike Silver, and Kara Henderson. An entirely different part of this podcast with Super Bowl MVP Aaron Rodgers and good wife actor and big Raven fan Josh Charles can be found at the same spot where you downloaded part one of this podcast, either at NFL.com slash Rich Eisen or iTunes or on whatever app you use to listen. The good folks of Bud Light who are kind enough to Sponsor this podcast. I want to let you know that the Bud Light Fan Camp locations for Sunday, the 25th of September, Lincoln, Nebraska, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Green Bay, Wisconsin, where, again, Aaron Rodgers will be joining us on part two of this podcast. So download it right then and there. And folks at Bud Light would like you to know you can get all the Fan Camp location information at their Facebook page. And also, please know that Everyone must be 21 years or older to participate. This podcast, though, is for children of all ages. Download part two right now. Stay listening, friends.